Hey, hey, we're your hosts. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Jonathan. And we believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give to yourself is the gift of wholeness through integrating all aspects of what it means to be human. And in this podcast, we're bringing you insight, information, and inspiration to move from a stressful to stress-free life. Your journey to becoming even healthier and happier starts right now. Welcome to Wellness Theory, the podcast. Being healthy and well is about so much more than just ourselves. When we ignite our innate vitality, it becomes about the impact we have on our loved ones, strangers, and the greater good. And the link between being well and making a difference in the world is more important now than ever before. And no one knows this better than Jean-Pierre de Villiers. And Jean-Pierre is an inspirational speaker, high-performance coach, author, and athlete who's overcome many personal challenges and is having a huge impact on the world today. Now, JP, as he is known, has shared the stage with some of the world's best speakers, as well as being featured on TEDx. Now, JP has been selected as one of the most inspiring people in London, supported by the London Mayor's Office, and has had the honour of speaking in front of the UAE Royal Family. We are buzzing to have him on the show with us today. So welcome to today's show, JP. It's great to have you here. We're really glad to be speaking to you today. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Second time I'm getting to hang out with the both of you. Definitely, and we're just so looking forward to, uh, to, to this chat today. And we are going to dive into your story and more about who you are. But before that, can you just give our listeners just a brief kind of like who you are, what you do, where you're from? So my name's JP, where everyone calls me JP. My full name is Jean-Pierre de Villiers. I'm a performance coach, specifically in mental performance and performance psychology. I'm an author now of nine books, uh, international speaker. Uh, I grew up in Cape Town, South Africa. Didn't have the worst life, but I definitely didn't like the life that I was given. So at 20 years old, I left that life doing the best I could with what I had, which was an ancestral visa to the UK. Uh, and I moved to the UK to decision by decision, get my life right only because I didn't know much growing up and I didn't have the best guidance or mentorship. Decision by decision, I ended up getting my life very wrong. And at 23 years old, I realized that I had no one else to blame but myself because at 20 years old, I got on that plane on my own and it was totally my fault where I'd ended up. So I figured if I can decision by decision, get my life wrong, I thought, hey, Maybe if I start doing different things and hanging out with different people, I can decision by decision get my life right. So between 23 and 25, I just took my life one decision at a time. And at 25 years old, I went from rock bottom to feeling like a rock star, but with health, wealth, fitness, happiness, uh, and completely transformed my life. I got a job in fitness, which is what I've always loved my entire life, even when I was going through all the challenges growing up. Uh, and then was offered an amazing opportunity at 25 and a half years old to manage a gym, uh, to be a, a MD of a, uh, sorry, a general manager of a gym with a, more money than I could have ever thought I would earn growing up in South Africa. And I realized it didn't excite me, but I thought how interesting that I can go from rock bottom at 23 to being offered this incredible opportunity at 25, making more than probably what both of my parents were earning put together. And I thought that's because of all the work I did on myself. I got myself into that position. And I thought, even though I don't want to do that, and I don't see myself working for anyone else because I've done so much work on me. I just think I can do anything I want to do. So I said, you know what? I'm going to keep learning this stuff because it's amazing. And then what I'm going to do with that is I'm going to choose to teach what I know. Uh, and I've been doing that ever since. And I will do it till the day I die. Uh, teaching and learning, self-improvement, self-reinvention, personal development, personal growth. Uh, it is my magnificent obsession. Why? Because I know that the more I do this work, the more I can heal myself to wholeness. And the more I can teach it, the more I can heal others to wholeness too. So I've been doing all of this work to heal myself to wholeness so that I can then help others do the same. And it's not about saying, you know, oh, we're all wounded and we should fix our wounds. Yes, this is part of the work, but that's not the end result of self-work is to heal your wounds. The end result is as a result of doing that work, you can live in your full potential, aligned to your truth, aligned to your values, aligned to you always, who you always believed you could be as a child. 
and being able to step into that light and live your life in a way that it's not swayed by the opinions of others because you have so much clarity in a way that you're not hiding in fear because you have so much courage and in a way that you're not living in stress and anxiety because you come from a place of inner peace and happiness and calm and that's what what confidence is you know confidence is having the clarity the courage and the calmness to move forward confidently in the direction of your dreams and whatever it is that you want to do with your life uh, and i love to do that i'm doing it still today and when i find a way for me to share what i know i love 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 to share it so it's an honor and a privilege and a pleasure to be here. It's not, I love that. That's, that's like that the best fun. brief intro I think I've ever heard. I think that's the most, <laughs> yeah, I think it's the best brief, Maybe also, not so eloquent brief. intro as well. I love it. I love it. Maybe not so brief. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it really sets our listeners up for, for who you are and the mission that you're on, though. So our paths crossed, like, for, actually from a distance a few times over the last kind of six, seven years, actually when we were living in the UAE, you was over there doing events and stuff. Um, but I really connected with you at a time in my life when I needed that influx of high energy and to break through another le mm. level in terms of my own performance as well. And I was really finding it hard push to find a role model that really encapsulated high performance and heart. Right, I can find one or I can find the other, but not not both together. And and I'll be honest, JP, like I completely found that in you, like just with your story, with with your history, the way you come across, you're so genuine, um, and you walk your talk, right? And I love that so much. And you, you really embody what it means, I think, to be really authentic, um, and you you really give a shit about things that matter. And I love that too, like absolutely love it. And interestingly now for our listeners, like we're in Thailand, okay, different parts, but I feel like our paths <laughs> are crossing like more and more. So I'm super excited to, to obviously get into this conversation with you more deeply. And um, so could you share with us, uh, well, to our listeners that maybe haven't met you before and haven't heard more about your story, what's life been like for you in terms of some of the, let's say the major challenges, because you've already mentioned some some real key touch points there but what are the kind of the major things that have had the biggest influence on you and your turning point into the personal development stuff so i'm actually going to go to a challenge that was very recent and that was wow almost to the day in four days from now will be exactly three years ago that i was doing something that's very much in my values in fitness, in contribution, in inspiration. I was raising money for charity, cycling across the UK, uh, 10 days, 1,000 miles. And on the eighth day, I was hit head on, going downhill by a drunk driver four times over the limits, already disqualified from driving in a stolen car, uninsured. I mean, just, yeah, crazy, crazy uh, accident that... Uh, as a hit and run, you know, I was left for dead. And that changed my whole life in, in good ways and bad ways. And I feel reluctant to say bad ways because I believe everything happens for a reason. And I've always believed that, but in ways that were empowering and in ways that were extremely challenging. But uh, the reason why is because, you know, it's really unfortunate that this is a truth, uh, but but a truth is that most people don't go and fully live their life until they are reminded of death. And I was living my life on a bullet train, focused in high performance and willingness and resilient re resilience and determination and chasing and chasing and chasing to get away from the person that I was to get away from the, the version of who my father was and not wanting to end up like him for, you know, for my family's certainty, for my own fears and, and chasing and chasing. And, you know, in life, we get good at whatever we practice. Mm -hmm. And I was so good at practicing, creating a better life, creating a better life. I mean, I started working at 10, you know, and that's like, I don't think a lot of people take me seriously when I say that, like I worked every single weekend from 10 until 18 years old. And then I got a job, day job and a night job. I was always fully obsessed, committed to creating a better life for myself. 
You know, I went on the plane at 20 on my own. First time ever on a fucking Boeing, excuse my language. Barely any money, made it work. Because I've always done that, made it work anyway. And because I got so good at that, I became this, like you said, Charlotte, this high energy, high performance guy. And thank you, by the way, for what you said about me having heart, because that was very nice of you to say, because that's very important to me, because I don't think that, you know, if you just make it about high performance, people think that, oh, yeah, it's easy for you, JP, or it's easy for you, Jonathan, or Charlotte, whatever. Um, but no, it takes a lot of bloody courage. It takes so much courage to live your best life. And people need to understand that it ain't going to be easy. But to go back to what I was saying, I became so good at pushing, 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 pushing that I didn't take the time to realize that I had already exceeded what was expected of me. I'd already, I'd already over exceeded. And what was so interesting, I've been carrying this around with me for three years. After my accident, a few months after my accident, I went to a restaurant and got a fortune cookie. And the fortune cookie says on the paper, Aww. you've already exceeded <laughs> what was expected. I've been nice. carrying that around for two and a half years because that's my next tattoo. Yeah. That changed my life yes the accident and the the realization and the awareness and everything that came with it was when i woke up after day 10 day 11 because i have post-traumatic amnesia i wasn't in a coma I, apparently i was talking but i have like it was so traumatic the brain switches off to you having to remember any part of the trauma so i have zero memory to this day but I, about day 10, 11 intensive care, I started to like understand what had happened to me and they were explaining it to me and everything. And, uh, and I just got told that, oh, this fund has been raised for you because you can't, I mean, I was coaching and speaking like every week, traveling on a, on a flight every week. So my ability to earn money went to a zero from like 20, 30 grand a month. And I was, look, Full transparency, I was living the dream, but I was saving fuck all. <laughs> so this insane fund had been started for me. People like, I don't know if you know Daniel Priestley. He's a yeah. very well-known entrepreneur. Legendary. People like Dan, yeah, great friend of mine. I mean, Daniel was very, very successful. And he was reaching out saying like to, to, to Jules, that I will coach JP's clients while he's in recovery. I mean, mm -hmm. my friend Jay Shetty is sending me messages and saying like, JP, be strong. The world needs you, brother. Like you can do this. People are saying, JP, you know, if, if this could happen to anyone, we're sorry to say this, but we're glad it happened to you because we know you'll turn this into something inspiring. People at events, you know, all the, the uh, biggest events people in the UK, John Lee, Andy Harrington, Ryan Pinnock, you know, doing things from stages with their audience saying, we love you, JP. And anyway, seeing the whole room with gifts and cards, all of this made me cry so much in hospital because I realized you don't need to try anymore. You wanted to be a good role model. You wanted to make an impact while you were here. And you wanted to live a version of life where your father, wherever he is, because he took his life, he could feel proud and like his life wasn't a failure. And I thought, if I had died, I was 37 when this happened. If I had died, I would have been okay with that because I think I would have achieved everything. And that for me, in personal development, to go back to your question, that has been the biggest challenge of my life. And the biggest lesson that I now, like everything in my life, if I find something that works or is valuable, I put it into my coaching. And I've now infused that into my coaching and to help people or encourage people to carve out more time to just stop and look at what you've already achieved. And I came up with a quote, which is an extension of another one, 
which is reflection guides us to the truth and the truth sets us free. I didn't reflect enough on what I'd already achieved. And a lot of my clients, in hindsight, if I look at the successes of my private clients, one of the things they got better at, even though it wasn't like a teaching of mine or a methodology, was acknowledging who they'd already become. And that's a very, very powerful practice because we live our life, whether by fear or love or desire or aversion or craving or ego, we live our life running away from towards, away from towards, away from towards. And if you can just stop, which essentially is at the center of Buddhism, to remove all attachment from any emotion, anything in your timeline, past or present, or sorry, past or future, and just be in the now and take everything that you can from this moment. I think that is the greatest wealth that anyone can ever have. Yeah. I did so much spiritual work after my accident. Sorry, just 10 more seconds. I had so, so much spiritual work after my accident because I believe. There's no point in focusing on what you can't do. So I couldn't do anything physical, couldn't travel, couldn't walk for a long time, then was on crutches for six months anyway. So I couldn't do the physical, I couldn't do the, the traveling, all that stuff, speaking, coaching. So I just said, you know, what can I do? Oh, I can do inner work. Let me do inner work. And I, I almost became like a monk over a year and a half, you know, and I just, I went inside a lot. As in, I went inside myself. And, uh, and I just realized that in one of my meditations, I was actually in Germany in the Shaolin Temple. I realized that at least my definition of wealth, like true wealth, is being able to absorb everything you can from each and every moment of your life. Because I, I don't, I've had money. I've seen people with money that are miserable because they don't know how to be present. And I've seen people with no money observing everything, your guys' smiles, the, the jewelry that you're wearing, the, the beautiful uh, cloth in the background, the eye, you know, everything that I can see, that's what makes you rich. Because once this moment's gone, trust me, I know the next one ain't guaranteed. So yeah, in short, biggest challenge of my life, the accident, biggest lesson, Reflect more, reflect more, That's because beautiful. this will empower you and realize that you're way further than you think. Yeah. Everyone um, generally is already way further than they think. I love it so much. Honestly, there's so many directions. Oh, I know, I know. It's just like, where do, where do you pull from? But it's just I, the thing that stood out for me the most in that story is what you ended it on there is, is seeing, taking that time to step back, slow down and see how far you've come because we're all guilty of chasing, 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 and we don't see all these amazing achievements. And I don't mean achievements just by what we accumulate and the money we get, but the people we, we connect with, the communities we connect with, what we, the influence uh, that we have on the people around us. And we, when we do get time to step back, we take, we make that time to step back and actually observe and go, what have I done? And you go, oh, wow. And like you said, I've achieved this. I've achieved this much. Like you said, when you were when you had the accident, and you said that even if you did die, you would be happy with where you were with everything that you yeah, would be proud. And that is, I think, so powerful. It's a shame, obviously. Like it, uh, it's it got to that point for you to to recognize that. But like you said, it's, it's not a shame. Exactly, it's not that's what I'm going to say. Everything happens for a reason, and as most people get stuck in that, this has happened to me. Like I know, I know people who've gone through some traumatic experiences and they're still living in that. This has happened to me. I, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's happening to me. I'm living in this, in this, in this turmoil, in this struggle. Whereas if you see it like you did as if this happens, okay, it's not great. <laughs> Definitely didn't feel great, but the outcome of this is, you again going deep within yourself and looking and being able to realize of what you've achieved but also doing that inner work like for me i we've been following you for a long time i know charlotte um before i started connecting um with with what you were kind of talking about what you're putting out there and you could see not just 
see the difference between before your accident and after, but it could feel the difference about what you were putting out there. Like before I could feel the busyness and the rushing and the, and the chasing. And then after all of a sudden, I just felt this, this connection of, oh, I don't even know, I can't even explain the connection. It just I felt get, like yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to listen to more of what you were, you were putting out mm. there. It just seemed very aligned. Um, and you could see and feel that shift before and after your accident. And it's, um, it's just so powerful to, I think, when you realize that when someone's gone through something or you've gone through and then you've made you've come out the other end and you've turned it into something that is so inspiring and powerful that help that is helping to inspire others instead of wallowing in it and seeing it as a bad thing you're seeing it as this is an opportunity for me now not just to grow me as of who i am but to now to have that that energetic alignment with with the people around me and help to really bring and raise the vibration of other people around me so it's just it's very powerful it's just to see that shift as well because uh, like i haven't been through anything that <laughs> that crazy like you've been through but yeah. again even though we i've never met you face to face i've been in the same room as you long long time ago but just mm. seeing you on what you've been putting out there over the last couple of years you can feel that through what you put out on social media through the stuff you talk about and you feel that energetic connection well, th thank yeah thank you so much for that acknowledgement and for seeing that because oh, I, I just re i just reflect so much and one of the reflections when i was still in intensive care i think i just gone to the recovery ward and i was, and i kept you know because you guys know right especially charlotte I, we create our own meaning so i'm like right i've got to stop i've got to create a meaning for this so i just kept lying in bed every day couldn't do anything else couldn't move my legs couldn't move my arm couldn't even turn on my side and i was like what does this mean what does this mean what does this mean and one of the things i came up with was i couldn't help people that have been through intense physical trauma i i wouldn't feel that i have the right to do that and i was like now i can now i can help people that have been through intense physical trauma and i was like this gives me a whole nother gift to be able to help other people and just to go back to what you just said about the sorry and to finish that up and one thing i realized in that that i can help more people is it's going to make me slower it's going to make me more compassionate it's going to make me uh, understand people that have been through trauma more because before i was like oh just fucking make it happen and uh, I, I remember yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that, that was when i probably shied away from that yeah. <laughs> and um and, and, I, and, and I, I remember saying it's something like this to myself. Now I'm going to, I was moving so fast that I wasn't giving other people permission to, to get close to me. Mm. And by me slowing down and having this accident, I'm actually giving people permission that were not able to get close to me because of my intensity. I'm allowing them to come closer to me now. And I was just like, this is just going to be fantastic. And mm. to go back to the story thing about, uh, how I turned this into an inspirational thing and uh, that it happened for me and not to me. I, I look at it like this and I've looked at like, I've looked at it like this for many years, right? Cause I experienced physical abuse. Mm. Uh, I've only just started talking about this recently. I experienced sexual abuse. Um, my father raped my mother and my mom kept quiet not to wake us. I mean, I went through horrible things growing up. My father took his life after trying seven bloody times over like 10 years. Uh, and, you know, my, my trauma started a long, long time ago. But I've written books. I've spoken in about 20 different countries. I've shared stages with some of the best speakers in the world as a result of that story. And I always think of it like this. Anytime something happens to me in my life, and I can't share it publicly right now, but I'm going through one of the biggest challenges in my life. Not that I can't, I can handle it, but when it's on the, when it's, uh, when I'm ready to share, people will be like, oh my God, I had no idea, no idea in the public, right? I think you guys might know. But um, even today, I'm still saying, what good is a book? without a story in it how long would you watch a movie for 
without a story in it that inspires you. You wouldn't. You'd go, this is boring. So the more stories I have to share, challenges I have to share, adversity that I have to overcome, the more powerful my movie, the more powerful my book, the more powerful my life, if I choose to live it in a powerful way. So every single time something happens to someone listening to this, you got to know that is another story to add to your movie in whichever way you want. But you get to and you have to choose how you want to write that story. Is it going to be a romantic story? Is it going to be a comedy? Is it going to be a horror is it going to be a depressing movie? Because be careful what you write, because what you write will become your reality. But what you speak to others will determine what you get back in life. And if you say, woe's me, woe's me, woe's me, you're just going to get people watching your movie or hanging out with your script or your movie, whatever. The only people that will watch your movie or want to hang out with you is people that like woe's me, woe's me, woe's me. If you want to have more inspiration in your life, you've got to write an inspirational story. If what do I like to watch? Comedy. I love to watch comedy. So I'm I'm attracted to watching comedies. I'm attracted to TikTok. I barely watch social media, but to make a point, I'm going towards things that I want to be around. And we attract things that we put out like audiences, etc. I used to call myself a life coach many years ago. No disrespect to life coaches. But what I did was I attracted people with life problems. And I could not do that because I'm the energy guy. I'm all about protecting your energy and all that. I realized, man, I need to write a different story. If I write a different story, I'll get a different thing back. I'll get a different audience. I'll attract a different thing. So I just changed one word, life to high performance, two words. And just like that, I just started attracting high performing clients. As that. in people that don't want to fix their problems, people that want to perform at their best. So anyway, I went on a bit there, but I hope that's helpful. And Absolutely. in the short, it's whatever you're going through, go through it and create whatever your story you want. But a life without a story is just a, a bunch of blank pages. And what's the point of that? Exactly. It really is. Like, I, I love what, everything you just said there, especially like you're, you're writing a ro great romance or a horror story, potentially, right? And everything in between. I love that. Because it's so true. We're walking around every day attaching meanings to stuff. Pick one that serves you and go with it, <laughs> right? Uh, but one of the things I want to kind of pull back on um, to what you were saying actually before, which was obviously part of your journey has been you acknowledging where you are. And JP, you, you feel like a kindred spirit to me. There are so many parallels in your history, in your story. Like you just said, there is like you've got things that are coming up now, which you're just speaking about there. It's, and, and I'm kind of I'm on that say or very similar journey. And it's like a, a paradigm shifting. It's like the ground beneath you just like shaking and you've got to kind of figure out like, OK, what, what is the good in this? What is the meaning of this? What, what are the lessons? I think a big lesson, I don't, really don't want to brush over it for anybody listening there, is that you realised after your accident that you'd already exceeded expectations. But I also hear in that, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that there was also an, an acknowledgement that you are enough already. And there's an acknowledgement of where you are, because only from there can you then create this beautiful world of high performance that you're doing so can, can you talk a bit more about that because one of the things we've noticed with, with clients that we work with is that they'll, they'll come to us with all these different stress patterns whether it be negative thinking depression in some cases unresolved traumas yeah. all sorts of different things and oh, when you really get down to it it's this universal thing of not being enough can you talk to that point first yep i've um i've just opened up a message from one of my clients so one of my clients, uh, he got referred to me by someone else because he was extremely successful, but miserable. And he had all the outer success without the inner success. And 
I mean, I've been to this guy's house. Like he lives in a castle, like no jokes, like massive gate that opens up, like just beautiful, like something out of a, you know, like a, an English, old English series, you know, like all this beautiful brickwork, two or three stories. I can't remember. Uh, Aston Martin, everything. He has everything. He has everything. Yet he was unhappy. And he just sent me this message a few days ago. He said, your coaching has taken me from the brink of disaster to salvaging my family and my business relationships. And for that, I'm truly grateful, JP. Uh, I've embraced everything that you've taught me. And I now have the techniques to help me get out of trouble whenever I need to get out of it. I'm not a Buddhist monk just yet, but I'm happy with where I am. Happy. And that just, that is the greatest success. I can tell you from my own life experience, as in my own life, and the experiences I've had, I can tell you from the people that I've worked with, from one to many, to one to few, to one to one, from the best coaches that I've worked with. I mean, I have spent hundreds of thousands on coaching from flying to San Diego to hang out with Lisa Nichols, coaches in Dubai, South Africa, all, all, all sorts of things, seeking the best of the best, mentorship, teaching, storytelling, etc. Um, that at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is that you're happy, that there is nothing else that matters in life. And if you think that success is more important than your happiness, you will never be happy. Because if you put your number one intention on success, it means on achieving, which means you're not putting your happiness now. And uh, like I said, I'm always a student. Well, I said a version of that earlier. Uh, I got to Thailand again, went away, Dubai, UK, came back two weeks ago, went to my local temple, Wat Chalong Temple in Phuket, um, spent some time, uh, I tried to spend some time with a monk, but they couldn't really speak English at that temple. Um, spoke a little bit with a monk, spoke more with an abbot who's the for people that don't know, like manage, manager of the monks or head of the monks. And, uh, and I, I just said, look, I'd like to make a, a donation to the monastery. I just want to spend some time talking about inner peace. There's a lot of challenges in the world right now. And I'd love to go to gain new insights about how I can teach peace and happiness. And anyway, he, he said, I love hanging out with monks. I have a friend who's a monk and, you know, I do like Zooms with him. He's, uh, he's actually from the US, but he's uh, in a monastery in Chiang Mai. Anyway, and, um, and they all say the same thing. that the, Everything I told you before, my life experiences, the books, the coaches, the success stories that I've seen, the monks, they all say the same thing, that the greatest success is happiness. And Tony Robbins, number one coach in the world, says in a different way, he says success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure and to us to live a successful life you must stop going outside and you have to start going inside because once you are full on the inside anything that you have or don't have is just an extension of your already happy self and when you are happy you take more risks you have more courage, you accept more, you forgive more, you love more, you, you do everything more because you now operate from a place of want and fullness rather than lack and emptiness. And go back to the story of my client. You can have all the outer success in the world, but if you feel empty, with your castle, with your Aston Martin, and all that, you're still going to end up paying 50 grand for a coach to try and make you feel happy. So part of my life's mission is to help people not, you know, I don't want it to take people their whole life. Now, I'm not talking about my client. He's still young. But I don't want, I, I don't want people to realize at the end of their life what was important. 
And what is most important is if we go away from the word happiness, because some people will be like, oh, that's very fluffy. I've got to pay the bills and all that stuff. Let's call it something else, which is really what my life's work is about. It's about helping people understand their values, number one, and create a life that is in alignment with those values. And if that's living in Thailand, on a beach, in a hut, kayaking every day, mm -hmm. if that's what makes you come alive, do that. But if it's driving in a Lamborghini, living in a penthouse apartment, being surrounded by girls or guys, whatever, if that's what makes you come alive, do that. Yeah. But don't do what other people tell you to do or don't just keep doing what everyone else is doing. Because if you do what everyone else in the world is doing, as in the average, what the norm is, what most people do, you'll end up having in your life what most people have. And most people have just enough. 78% of people, there was a study done by university in the US that said that 78% of people hate what they do. And actually it wasn't even the word hate, it was dislike. So almost four-fifths of the entire study, or let's say four-fifths of the world potentially, don't like what they do. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That's... Hey? It just blows my mind. Like it's I, crazy. I, I feel like I've been part of that statistic yeah. in the past. Absolutely. And the, the the flip side of it is just it's almost undescribable in a sense when you speak to somebody that's in it. What would you say to somebody that's what is in that statistic now? Like other than obviously living their values and do what makes them come alive. You've I been can tell on you, the brink. I can tell you that the ultimate freedom in life is living in what you believe is true to you. That is the ultimate, ultimate freedom. And I'm going to shorten it by saying living in your truth. Mm. And living in your truth, how do you know that you're in truth? Three, there's two ways to, to know it. One is a question, asking questions, and the other one is, a, I guess, a coaching model that I use. So how do you know when you're living in your truth? The three questions are, are you honest with yourself every day? Are you honest with others every day? And do you allow others to be honest with you every day? If you have that level of truth and authenticity and, and openness, then you know you're on your way to living in your truth. The first one is, are you honest with yourself? Once you're honest with yourself and you have the awareness of who you are, who you want to be, who you're not, where you're compromising, where you're settling, where you're out of congruency, where you're out of integrity, then you need to go have conversations with other people. Maybe that's you've got to break up with your partner, you've got to break up with your boss, you've got to break up with your business or employee, whatever. And then the third thing is, you know, you can't go and chase your life, your best life, if you're not willing to take feedback from people along the way. So that's the third question, which is allow others to be honest with you. And then the, the model that I use for living in your truth, which is five steps to living in your truth. If you want to live a life that's more in alignment with your highest values, you want more happiness, more inner peace, more fulfillment, the T in truth stands for make your decisions from trusting your intuition. Trust your intuition in all your decision making. The R stands for respect your nature. Stop trying to succeed at what you're not meant to succeed at because other people told you you should do it this way. I know from many, many examples, uh, my own examples, other people's examples, that trying to succeed at things you're not meant to succeed at is just going to bring you more suffering. And then you start questioning, why am I not good at this? Why am I not succeeding? Why are they exceeding and I'm not? Why are they doing better than me? Why do they have that? Blah, blah, blah. The you means, uh, in living your truth, means to unite your being. Live with uh, an elevated quality of mind, body, and spirit. Because if your spirit is suffering, how can, you, how can you live your best life? If your body is suffering, you get, if your mind is suffering, so do the inner work. Don't need to get into it. It's do the mind, body, spirit work. Let's simplify it as nutrition, fitness, and meditation, right? That's the sim super simplified version. 
The T, the second T in truth, stands for teach what you know or teach your wisdom. Whether you're looking at Tony Robbins's model of the six uh, human needs or a, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that our highest needs, our spiritual needs, are growth and contribution. Who are we becoming and what we're doing as a result of who we're becoming. So if you want to get to that spiritual level of existence, start teaching what you know. Don't wait. It'll never be the right time. It'll never be the right circumstance. You already know enough. You already know something. So just go do that. Teach your kids. Teach your community. Mentor someone. Go on Facebook Live. Do whatever. Because the more you do for others, the more you give to yourself. There's an African phrase that I use all the time, made famous by Nelson Mandela, called Ubuntu. I am because of you. The more we can help others, the more we help ourselves, and vice versa as well. The more we help ourselves, the more we help others, Whereas, which is where I come in as a coach. right? I want to help my clients be so full that all they want to do is give more to the world. That's how we change the world, by changing ourselves. Heal the world by healing ourselves. So teach what you know. Why? Because it feels damn good. Just do whatever you can to contribute in any way you can with what you can based on what you already know or what you love to talk about. Maybe that's just even finding stuff that you like watching on social media and sharing it. It doesn't even need to be your own stuff, but that can make a difference in the world. Someone could watch something. They go, oh, how am I going to make someone's day better? How am I going to change someone's life? Well, go now on YouTube or Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever bloody channels there are. Find something that really resonates with you. Press forward and write a line of text and say, this really helped me. I hope it helps you. One person might watch that and go, you know what? Thank you. I really needed that today. And then the H in living your truth is harmonize your life. It's all good doing all of the stuff that we've been discussing, this whole conversation. But if you have disharmony, if that's even a word, if you don't have harmony in your life, in your relationships, in your environment, it'll always bring you back to the place that you don't want to be, either your comfort zone because people don't want you to push yourself to be your best, or it'll bring you down into their energy, their vibration. So you need to look at always and, and do it responsibly, accountably, courageously. Look at your life and ask yourself, for who I know I can be, the life that I have around me and the people that I have in my life and the environment that I'm in, does it make my life a symphony, a beautiful, seamless, harmonic symphony? If not, you need to make some changes. Because if you have one instrument out of tune in a symphony, the result is fucking horrible. <laughs> Excuse my language. So everything in your life needs to be in harmony. If it's not, you need to go back to that truth and say, hey, we don't need to be honest with myself. We don't need to be honest with us. We don't need to let, allow others to be honest with us. So I'll be honest. I can't remember the question that you asked. <laughs> no, totally. I think you answered like yeah. the next couple of questions. Like, yeah. but one thing though there is that Everything you've said, I truly believe is only possible when you do the thing you said at the very beginning, which is to slow down. Mm. This world is so fucking busy, right? Or we busy ourselves, right? I, I definitely be guilty of busying myself far too much, whether that be through distraction, social media, doing jobs that you don't want to do, all sorts of different ways we can find to distract ourselves. And we get, it is so easy to get lost in the pace and I think that for me is when I started to notice, okay, I need that extra boost now. I need that extra layer of healing. I need to really pay attention now because I'm going to go, like you've said there, more into my comfort zone or I'm going to elevate. And what comfort zone wasn't an option. Great word. <laughs> right? It's unacceptable. But the slowing down, it, it's, people don't want to do it. <laughs> but that's where I truly believe the magic is. I am. Um... I have a great quote for everyone listening. Uh, said, write it in whatever way you want to write it. But I was saying this to myself. I said this to myself one day. I realized 
in reflection, because I'm, I'm very, very good at reflecting now. I just realized that the slower I go, the wiser I get. Mm. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's that simple. The slower I go, the wiser I get. Beautiful. And the, 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 ironically, the slower we go, it actually gets to the, probably where we want to be even faster. <laughs> as yeah, well. That's the thing. So you slow it down, you actually find that you end up achieving more. You get more done, you're more productive, you're more focused by slowing it. down. You can feel it, right? Yeah. Because you're not just brushing onto the next thing, the next thing. And when you can truly feel it, I think that's where that aliveness comes in that you mentioned earlier, JP. When you're living in your values, you know it. You can feel it. When you're living in your truth, you fucking know. <laughs> right? It's not even a thinking. Yeah. It's a knowing. Exactly. It ask, we, we can ask, you guys know this, right? Because you've done that. You've created your life that way. I've created my life or I continue to create my life that way as the clarity gets more and more and more increases, increases. Mm -hmm. And the awareness of what is important to me increases, increases, etc. But ask anyone that's living in their values and they'll say, it's not a thinking, it's a knowing. You just know. Why? Because thinking comes from the head and knowing comes from the heart and the gut. And like a Shaolin monk told me once, he said, our feelings are our greatest guide. Our feelings are our greatest guide. So if you want to know what it is that is your best life, your values, your truth, stop thinking so much and start feeling more. Awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great finishing point right there. So, uh, it's, have you any questions? I've got hundreds more questions. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm JP, but we have to do another one. Another Absolutely. one yeah. But we just want and, to thank you. Oh, we got another one. Sorry, no, and I'm going to see you guys. You because are. Because very soon. You are. Yes, yeah, you, you are. are. I'm so excited to <laughs> take you on a bit of adventure. I want to know more, Charlotte, about what you were talking about before. We can have a, a conversation over a coconut or something that you Sounds good. You're going Sounds good to me, definitely. <laughs> Sounds amazing. JP, just want to say a massive thank you for, for being on for being on here today, just sharing everything you share, being vulnerable with our audience. And I'm, I guarantee <laughs> just by listening to this, they are going to be impacted by it. Um, they might not know how initially, some people, but they, I think will. they might. Some might, but some, <laughs> it's going to be in there. They're going to be feeling something guaranteed, um, and it's going to be for them for the better. It's going to help unlock. So thank you so much for being here. It's been absolutely amazing speaking to you today. Um, before we let you go, how can people find you and more about what you do? So the best thing would be two things. One, if you type my name in Google, because I've been doing this a long time, all sorts of stuff will come up from the accident to YouTube to my social media channels. But if you want to really follow me specifically one place, it's Instagram. Uh, I do posting. I have someone in my team doing posting. I do the, you know, sometimes I post every day, sometimes I don't. But the only place on across all social media that I share my life because I want, like Gandhi said, my life to be my message. The only place I do that is uh, Instagram stories. And that can be what I'm eating, what I'm doing. Uh, you know, oh, I'm going for a run. This is why I run this morning. I did a video this morning saying uh, the more, the more I run, the more I become, the more I, uh, proceed the more i succeed or something like that i don't think i've posted it yet but uh yeah just that in instagram and then of course instagram you've got the posts you've got the reels you've got the stories if you just want to see what i'm up to people can literally follow me every day and just see what i'm up to in the world and then there's also obviously the direct messages if anyone wants to reach out and ask me something cool we'll put all the links and my books I was about to mention your books. Okay, so just before you start talking about your own books, there's two that I think Alice need to listen to. One is obviously a new one, all about self-confidence. Uh, but the other one is a spiritual fitness because spiritual fitness, it really, there was something in it. Like I always knew that we had a similar belief system just from seeing the work that you do. And then there was just some things in there that just really articulated so beautifully. And I think that if everybody looks at their own well-being from a place of spiritual fitness and what it means for them and how they can then use fitness in in a way 
to take them on that journey of their, of their truth. I think it will be so powerful for anyone listening. And the third thing that they need to listen to, I know it's not a book, is your forgiveness story, which I think is on YouTube um, off the back of the accident and how you was able to forgive the guy that just left you for dead. Yeah, is it, is it on YouTube? Um, I think so. On? You've shared it somewhere. I'll, I'll find it somewhere. Maybe, maybe I have, but it's definitely... Uh, it was written up by a few newspapers, actually, okay, when cool. they heard about the, the case. I didn't know there was a reporter in the court. Like an hour later, it was in the news um, after the court case. But if they type in John Peter Villiers forgives driver, they'll find it online. Nice. I mean, it's Perfect. been like UK news, US news, China news. It's crazy. <laughs> but it's a beautiful story. And it, it just really reminds is. us that. You know, forgiveness is not just for us. It's not just for the other person that you're forgiving, whether you tell them or not. It's for, and the result of, you know, hundreds of shares of these articles is forgiveness touches many, many people. Mm. Anyone that has access to that example of forgiveness is healing. Yeah. It's healing for people. And until one more person is healed in the world, this world will never change. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. I remember sobbing at you that, that, that. Situation, um, but honestly, I can't it even read me. it back. So it, <laughs> I bet you can't. But like, it's really, really touching, and it's just a great example of you walking your talk. Um, so, anybody listening, please go and follow JP. You won't regret it. <laughs> awesome. Is there, is there anything you else you wanted to add there, JP? To the conversation, I would love to keep hanging out with you, but I have a very angry yeah. time man that's waiting <laughs> for me to kick my ass right now. So. <laughs> So go and enjoy your session. We'll wrap up the podcast there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll add the links to the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Guys, thank you so much for having me and uh, I'll see you again very soon. If you enjoyed this episode and you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Then share it with a friend who you think might benefit. Spread the word. That's how we're going to impact the world by helping each other. We appreciate you so much and as always, unconditional love and wellness to you.